All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Behind the Movement. My guest today is Josh Hash of Strengthside. I'm super excited to share this conversation with you, as always. Um, but this is really fun. This is really special. Um, so yeah, we'll get to it in a moment. Um, I have a few things I want to share. Um, first, um, I decided to do this limited run of this Infinite Play Rash Guard. The last day to submit the order is this Saturday, which is March the 12th. <clears throat> if you want one, hop on over to my website, kylefincham.com, put in your order, and uh, we'll be uh, getting them out in the next few weeks. Um, they're super cool. Uh, a good friend of mine made it for me as a gift. And we weren't going to make them available, but so many people were asking about them that I, I decided, oh, well, why not? Why not put it out there? So um, if you want one, this is the chance to get one. It'll just be this limited run. Um, also, um, I am really honored to be collaborating with my friend Roya Carreras, who I had here on the podcast, who is an incredible teacher, artist, dancer, facilitator, um, all-around creative. We've gotten to uh, practice some things together for the last, I don't know, couple months or so, and we decided that um, what we were working on was worth sharing more widely. Um, so we're going to be facilitating um, at Perry Dance here in New York City this Sunday, which is the 13th, and then the following Sunday, the 20th, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., um, uh, an event that we're calling Movement Conversations, where we're going to explore um, our potential for full body listening. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm honored that uh, that 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 Roya um, and I are, are or Roya has decided to uh, to collaborate with me in this way. I'm honored that uh, Perry Dance is welcoming um, our offering into their space. Um, if you want to sign up for that, <clears throat> it's uh, it's only twenty five dollars for each day, and you can go to PerryDance.com. And it should be available on their uh, calendar there. Um, also, there's a few more weeks of uh, my infinite play here in New York City. Um, considering maybe running it into April a little bit as well, but for now we're finishing on March 26th, and that's uh, my two-hour jam that we're doing every Saturday in a different park in New York City. Uh, they've been so much fun, uh, so many amazing uh characters, oddballs, weirdos, misfits, wildlings who have come out to jam. Um, I've learned so much from, from everyone. And uh, yeah, if you want to come and be a part of it, you can just go over to my website, kylefintram.com and, and, and sign up. I'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. And uh, yeah, just come out to a park and, uh, and get weird with us for uh, the infinite play jams. Um, also have, a, a, a whole bunch of infinite play workshops coming up and I'm adding a couple more to the calendar here. So, 
I'm going to just read through them very quickly, but also first and foremost, mention the ones that are the, 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 the new ones that I've added just so uh, you know, but you'll also be able to see them when you go to my website. Um, so uh, on in May, on the 14th and 15th, I will be doing Infinite Play in Santa Fe. On the 21st and 22nd of May, I'll be in Long Island, and that's a new one that I've added to the calendar, and that's going to be hosted by um, my friends out at Locomotion New York. Um, so that will be available in just the next day or two on my calendar. And then uh, the weekend after that, which is the 28th and 29th of May, uh, I will be in Toronto, and that is hosted uh, by the amazing Catalina and Andre at the Spirit Loft in Toronto. Um, and again, that will be up on my website here soon, but also it's available at uh, their website. Um, I believe it's spiritloft.com. And then June 11th and 12th in Salzburg, the 18th and 19th in Berlin, 25th and 26th Paris, um, July 9th and 10th in London, the 16th and 17th in Lisbon, and then the 23rd and 24th of July in Amsterdam. Um, all of those are on the calendar. Uh, so many amazing people helping host and organize these events. Um, I will uh, continue to keep everybody updated on them as, uh, as it all unfolds, um, and I'll be posting about it more. But um, yeah, maybe one or two more dates that get added, but uh, that is pretty much all of it, and there's only a, a couple breaks in between. But other than that, kind of doing one weekend after another, and I, and I couldn't be more excited or more honored for the the interest in in participating and the interest in in hosting these these events because uh, I love doing them. I love being with people and and sharing it. So um, yeah, it means the world to me, and and I just really can't wait. So if you're out there, you can just go to um, my website. As I said, I'll repeat one more time: kylefincham.com, and there's an infinite play page for all the the sign up info, and there's a lot of early bird pricing for those events as well. Okay. I've said all that I need to say about my things. Let's uh, get to the conversation uh, that I had with Josh. If you're not familiar with Josh Hash, let me quick you, quickly uh, give you a little bit of his bio here. Josh is the creator of StrengthSide. With over 800,000 subscribers on YouTube, StrengthSide helps people gain freedom in their body and mind through movement. StrengthSide's mission is to inspire more mindful movement in order to cultivate meaning and a higher quality of life. Josh enjoys a life of travel, soaking up sunshine like a lizard, and always has a book nearby. This was such a wonderful chat. We've gotten the opportunity to, to meet and speak a couple of times. Um, his brother Trevor is a good friend of mine. He was on the podcast just a few weeks back. Um, and yeah, Trevor introduced us. As I said, we got to have some nice conversations. It was really a privilege 
to get to uh, to record this one, um, but I'm looking forward to many, many more in the future. Um, do yourself a favor, go over and check out uh, Josh's YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram. Without any further ado, here is my conversation with Josh Hash. When you speak from from experience and you speak from the heart and it's like in the moment, like, oh man, those are, those are the best. Like I, I really enjoy when there's like a YouTube video, um, say, let's say of like Joe Rogan, like saying something on the podcast, but then it's like different clips or something put in there. And it's always, it's always so much cooler when it's not something that's scripted, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like you get, you get, you really get that like authentic in the moment response to whatever whatever was proposed and whatever i think is important is probably fine but whatever someone else is curious about might provoke the thing that like more people want to hear about yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that is really interesting right because like we have all this stuff that we think is what needs to be said but um like like that's been something that i've um tried that I've over the years, like tried to balance between is like listening to the, the, the student or the audience or whatever, but then also like sharing the stuff that you think is important too, and trying to find that, that balance there. And I think like when you hit on the things that both parties are interested in, that's uh that's really nice. Well, I mean, I guess we could go as far to say is like, this is a piece of like your magic right is that you like somehow like because i think that's what everybody's you know a lot of people are attempting to accomplish is like the presentation of of what they think is important and yeah. then but finding the the thing that also draws people in yes and, and you and, and yeah i mean obviously like i mean you can explain what you do more but like that is also like something you do very very well yeah. Thanks. I, um, yeah, I'm like, can I explain that better than you just did? I don't, I don't really know. I, I think like, uh, <laughs> I, I think what we've done well at Strengthside is to like give people like a way in the door kind of, you know, like, um, to find something that everybody can like connect to a little bit and like feel a little bit. And then to, to, to make them excited about like some, material that's gonna hopefully make them healthier or you know better better quality life or something like that um so yeah that, that it's always something i'm i'm thinking about is like how can i portray an idea but also make it like fun to the audience and not so complex and 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 you don't have to be just like a movement nerd to like get something out of it and, and understand it and improve your life. You know, I think that's, that's the thing that people forget sometimes. And I know that I've been guilty of forgetting it that like, we'll say, well, this is for everybody hmm. and then present it in a way where it's like, well, how is that supposed to be for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I completely agree. I think that's a, that was a big thing of movement culture is like, well, if you have a body, you should be doing movement. But then like the complexity of the movement is a lot of times scares people away, you know? Um, 
So I do think like good, you know, good being a good coach or being a good teacher is like being able to adapt to, you know, all the different levels, if that's what you're trying to do. And I don't know if, I I think just being honest about what you're trying to do, like, don't say that it's for everyone if it's actually not, but like, there's no, like, I respect a lot for people that are like, this isn't for everyone. Right. And like, totally. I agree. I mean, I've been to workshops where it's like, Oh, Hey, like you need to have a 60 second hand sand or something to attend this workshop. And it's like, it's totally cool for something to be exclusive as well. Yeah. But I think there's a little bit of that, like branding in claiming inclusivity. Mm, Yes. Right. That, and I know it's from a real place. I don't, Mm. I'm not saying it's like a, like in a malicious attempt or something, but Mm -hmm. I think that like, it's important to reflect on what that means when you say it's for everybody. And because it's not just like the movements itself, it's also how you present Mm. it. Cause not everybody is like at, at the like movement apex of like cerebral reflection. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, like, uh, like doing the YouTube thing, sometimes when I put out a video that seems like too, too basic, almost like too remedial, it's like people really, really dig that. And you, you kind of, you kind of forget that when you run in, in these communities and circles where everybody has a certain vocabulary of like, just knowing about stuff. And then like, it's like the, most of the world doesn't actually. So it's really cool if you can actually show them some of that in a non like non-threatening way you know well i mean to me that's like part of the magic and like some of the great teachers yeah there are a few things that i really care about when i when i i love learning for everybody i I mean i do this podcast and every single person i learn something from but there are teachers where i'm like oh that's Mm. that's the magic and one of the things is that ability like to be really functioning on another level but be able to communicate that thing in some fashion to the everybody, if that's what you care yeah. about. Like when yeah. we were, I was in Boulder and I, with Trevor and yeah. uh, did the workshop, the week long workshop there and, mm-hmm. and Marlo Fiskin taught. Mm. And I know Marlo and she like, I mean, the ins and outs of like anatomy and like just reads yeah. a ton. Yeah. But she knows that like, that's not, that's not everybody. And it's also like communicating like biomechanics to just people doesn't mean that they understand. Yeah. And it probably yeah. actually doesn't. Right. Um, so she's teaching this thing and I'm knowing just like the breadth of knowledge she has, but she's talking about moving her pelvis and she just starts saying, it's like, it's like, sh- it's like smearing butter. That's what we're doing. We're smearing. And I'm like, this person is like, deep understanding of anatomy and all these ideas and stuff. And she's telling yeah. people to like use their pelvis to smear. Yeah, but that's the magic, right? <laughs> that is, I totally agree. Yeah, and it's like knowing what, like, what type of cue to use with with certain people, and and to like, you know, such a big part of learning, I think, is like feeling safe, and like when you can feel safe in that teacher's presence, it's like it's so much easier to learn. And like when she's saying like smearing, it's like, oh, this is just fun. This is like kind of goofy, maybe, and like we can just um, like really drop into this, uh, this moment, this present moment and just have fun, you know? Yeah. Take the weight off. 
Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. you brought up safety. Is that something that like, uh, is that something you like reflect on and like the material you put out there? Like, oh, like all these things that you wish to like make people kind of feel and like, oh, this is something that I wish to at least come across as like welcoming of safety. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, like first and foremost, I think finding safety in my own um, movement practice, but also just like my own life has been such a game changer for me to just be aware of that concept of like, oh, like the reason why I'm like feeling very like stressed and not like taking to this particular skill right now very, very well is like, I don't feel super comfortable. I don't feel very safe. And just like understanding that, oh, okay, now when I get myself in a state of relaxation and I can like, you know, just be open with the world, then like things are flowing and I'm confident and everything. And um, that has been one of my missions on strength side is, is to, to give that to people in, in some form or another. And like, um, one of the things that I've really tried to do is just like, is kind of get across the message to people that like, Hey, let's, let's put the, let's put like the external goals aside, like how you look and like how many reps you can do and stuff like that. And like, what if we just try to make our bodies feel good right now, you know? And it's like, not about like how deep you can get in the stretch, but it's like, how does that stretch make your body feel? And like, how does this movement make your body feel? And um, I think when you can tap into that for most people, like, oh, things start to change. And then maybe with that feeling of safety and more confidence, then you can go and like tackle bigger goals and stuff like that. But um, I think a lot of the time it, it can start with just such a simple thing of just like, I want to make myself feel good for the next like 15 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really like a lovely invitation. Right. And, and kind of yeah. like permission to not have to check a box. Yes. Right. To just be like, Oh, like, I don't know what it is, but like, let's find something that like is just really satisfying to you right now. Yeah. Right? Like I talked to, um, I had this, uh, I had this woman named Agat on the podcast and, and she's from Paris and she had been like hit by a car on her bike. Uh, I forget how many years ago, but not that far back, all things considered. And in her rehab, she started just laying on the ground and listening to music and she had been in the hospital for a pretty long period of time. And she would just like, <laughs> just move whatever she could. Yeah. I, I feel like if I remember right, she almost described kind of like, starting with just her fingertips and her hands and just like finding like what she could almost like dance with a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And to me, like, this is a little bit of like what you're describing and a very yeah. extreme layer, but like, Oh, it's like, what, 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 what can we do today? That's just going to like, that's going to feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really beautiful story. I, and, and I think like that can also be people's in into like more complex practices, like, like, um, I don't know, we could say like parkour, for instance, like I've been doing a lot of parkour lately. And it's like, you can like look at something like vaulting over a wall and it's, it's scary. And, you know, but then we can just like zoom out and we can be like, Hey, like, what about this pole that's right here? Like, how can we just like interact with this pole? Like maybe just hang from it a little bit, twirl around it a little bit. Like you start feeling 
safe. You start feeling like you're having fun, like satisfied. Like you said, I think that's like a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like you're more dropped into your body and you feel more confident. So then maybe you can go try that vault out or whatever. But I, I think like, like what you said, like finding what you can do and really like nourishing yourself with that. And rather than like defining ourselves by what we can't do, you know, somehow you like just took the words right out of my mouth. Like <laughs> as you were talking, I was like, what you can do instead of what you can't do. Yeah. But, but I think it's like, I do think it's a big thing. It's like, it's like you, it, yeah. you see it on online and, and, and Instagram, it can be this whole mess of, of like what you can't do. Yeah. Instead of being like, yo, like today there are things that you can 100% do and you're awesome. Yes. And like, yeah. if you go and play with it, it'll continue to lead to other things that you didn't know you can do. Yeah. If you, if, if, if you want to, if you, you want know? to, yeah. Cause, cause even if you just do what you can do right now, that's, that's, that's great too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, uh, so <clears throat> I, well, actually, so we have this thing called like ambition and surrender and like always kind of trying to balance those two things. And actually when I was speaking with, uh, with Rafe Kelly, uh, I like the way that he, he put that of like being versus becoming. And, um, it's the same concept of like becoming is a little bit more of like, you know, trying to, trying to do something that maybe I couldn't do yesterday and doing that today. Right. And it's more of like training your body, but then being is like, just like being satisfied with how your body is right now and how I can move it right now. Right. And, I think that a healthy, a healthy, like human has a, has, can balance those a little bit. Right. And it doesn't mean that they always have to be in balance. Like sometimes you can go through phases of just wanting to just like simply be and just like play and like not care about training for anything. And sometimes you can like slide in, you know, it's maybe seasons, right? Like the winter time could be a good time to like slide into like, okay, like I want to, increase the number of squats I can do. So then when I go and I go more into this being like, I have a little bit more like leg endurance to go play or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, I, in my, like in my life, I'm always trying to balance those and I can like look back and see when I've like been for me personally, is like usually times when I'm suffering a little bit, I'm going through a little bit of turmoil it's usually because i'm leaning too hard into that ambition and i see that with a lot of other people is that like you think you always have to become something new and grow and improve uh but we need to most of us need to do more to just like appreciate where we're at and have fun today you know and and it's easy to get kind of get defined by our our quote growth and it's a word i like i hate yeah. the word growth and <laughs> And unless growth is synonymous with change, mm. right? Like if mm -hmm. growth is synonymous with change, I'm totally into it. But like in our Western world, yeah. to me, growth is synonymous with like an upward trajectory. And like, that's what totally. life is supposed to be. Like all the way up, you hit an apex, you've collected all the moves, your bank account's full and you've got a giant house, <laughs> then you cash out. Yeah, right? yeah. Like uh -huh. no other creature lives that way. It's a, it's a life of, of twists and turns and, and pitfalls and slips and like, yeah, it's, it's one long process that looks that way. So, like, I think yeah. the the allure of the the becoming 
mm-hmm. is that it, it, it plays to the upward trajectory life, you know, but like becoming is like kind of just feeding the tools for being. Yes. Right. Yeah. Rather than exactly. becoming being, being yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great way to put it. So for you, like, I know like these days, I think that's kind of like your mission is to be more being, but like, I imagine that you went through a period where you were trying to grow a lot and did that mm-hmm. like trigger your change to, to be this way? Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like I, I mean, we've talked about this, but I've done, I did online coaching with Ido Portal for five years. And I would say like, even in the earliest time, it was really, you know, tons of strength work, tons of hand balancing, you know, tons of mobility. And it wasn't without crazy amounts of like learning and benefits and all these things. Sure. Um, and it was also at a different time in my life. Like I was in my twenties yeah. for at least the beginning of it mm-hmm. and my early thirties. And it was more of that like time where, Oh, like, the discipline was very nourishing. And like, I took a lot of pride in the discipline, but I also realized yeah. that like everything you're doing in the spaces you're doing, it also like for, affects the mindset that you carry through into the other parts of your life. So like yes. when everything is like systematized and organized and defined in one place and you're putting things in boxes, like how can you not carry that into how you operate in the other parts? Yeah, and I think that that's what I struggled with. Where it was like, oh, like it's not necessarily the movement piece. It's like it's the mindset piece. How am I supposed to move through life playfully? You yeah. know, in in terms of like being ready for surprise and uncertainty when everything that I'm surrounded by in this space that I'm spending so much time in is is just not that. Right. Right. So I was like, oh no no no, there's something missing. I need to I need to bring it this other direction. Yeah. 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 And that, that's kind of what I was interested in is, is, was that playing into like your, you know, other parts of life, right? Like relationships, business, all this stuff. And it sounds like it, it was, and it's been the same for me as well. And like, usually for me, you know, I've just, I've lived this life of like being physically driven and that that's kind of like a staple to, to me. And, um, what I found is that so much of my movement practice also just relates into the rest of my life. So it's like, that's when I, similar to you, that's when I started to understand, like, if I'm only striving in my movement practice, then outside of that, like, I'm going to be like, just more of this like hard energy, you know, and it doesn't work so well um, for like adapting to life's changes and everything. Right. So um it's really beautiful how your, how your, your practice can just, it's like a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the rest of your life. I think. Well, I'm, I mean, an eye opening moment is being like, Oh, I can do all these things, these skills, this collection. Right. I've got this wonderful collection, mm-hmm. but why can't I walk into life and dance with it? Like, why can't I walk in a, and, and sometimes it's literally dancing and sometimes it's like metaphorical dancing. Yeah. And I don't mean choreography, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how do I like static dance? Yeah. How do I fucking groove? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I groove. Why can I like do, um, I can almost do a one arm handstand or like, in, you know, 
clean this amount of thing, or even just like, oh, I can do these wonderful spinal waves, right? Right. But I can't like, I can't like walk into a novel situation and a novel scenario with different people. Yeah. And 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 create something in that, mm. you know, and like that's yeah. that's like what life is, you know. Absolutely. Like that's what squirrels are doing when they're out collecting nuts. They're like, they're dancing <laughs> with the situation. They don't know where the nuts are going to be. They don't know where the predators are. They yeah. don't know like, you know, what they're going to find, what they're going to collect. Like, da, da, da. it's just like, yeah. oh, they're like, they're, they're moving with it. And it's like, oh, well, where's the moving with it piece? Like, yeah. where, that's that, 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 that is the life part. Yeah. 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 I, I really relate to that. And um, I think like, the like dancing with life, I think is such a good uh, phrase and like way to think about life, you know? And um, yeah, as I've like gotten older, I put so much more into like adaptability, you know? And I, I think like that's one of the key ingredients to a good, um, <laughs> a good mover, but then also just a person that does well in life is it's not like if you have X, Y, and Z skills, it's like, how do you adapt to the situation and uh, respond? Right. And um, yeah, that's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I I also think that it's like, like those are more of the tools of like being like a, a citizen Mm. or, or, Mm -hmm. or, or part of something as opposed to just doing it for me, myself and I, Mm. right. Like if I'm strong, and if I'm flexible, sure, there might be moments where I can support the whole, right? Mm-hmm. But they might yeah. be limited to how they're deeply kind of like applicable to like the things that I've practiced. Yes. yes. But, if, but if I'm adaptable, well, that's huge. Yeah. I, I know Trevor kind of, he brought this up on, on Rafe's podcast because I've repeated this like a ton of times, but like <laughs> adaptable might be like, oh, I can't lift this thing. How do I gather people around and we lift it together? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's like a magical thing. And like this, you know, this is where it kind of like steps beyond movement. Like, you know, being able to do movements and things that, you know, numbers and tools that we've collected, but being like, well, how do I actually participate with the world and with people, you know? And like that's- that's something that I think is like a really rich place to, to explore. I think so. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think so like for me, like uh, in the past few years, I've, I've got more interested in parkour kind of for that reason is it's like the environment is always changing. Right. So it's like that move that you practiced on that specific wall, uh, like, you know, a hundred times that, isn't necessarily going to transfer into getting over this like tree trunk or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really just like rely on these like set patterns that you trained so much for yourself. Things have to change and it's not necessarily about doing the thing that is like technique X, Y, and Z. And like, it looks like aesthetically like this or whatever. It's more so just like, can we get the challenge done? Can I get from here to here? Um, and it's like every day can be something different and it's always changing. And I, I think that's just super lovely. You know, I got to take, um, uh, the, it was a short, like two hour event with Amos Rendell. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he did the art of falling and oh, yeah. so much of it is like familiar movements, but mm-hmm. from like the functional standpoint, more so than the form standpoint. And I'm not right. anti form and pro function, but like, I think sometimes the function gets forgotten for the form because yeah. form is often also kind of placed in like certain environments. So it's flat or it's well lit or it's like this moment or it's that moment. But like in parkour, right. it's like, so like, like function is turned up just a little bit. It seems like, because the stakes Absolutely. are a bit higher. So it's like, if you're falling backwards, it doesn't need to be the most beautiful makaku you've ever done in your life. <laughs> uh-huh. You actually just need to address the falling. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like the, the function, uh, well, the form will follow the function in, in, in those circumstances, right? And it may not look like super aesthetically pleasing, you know, but it's like, this is, this is life, right? This is like knowing how to, to be safe and to like survive and to adapt and to move forward. Um, and like, yeah, I, I love that. I love that metaphor. We're talking about a lot of metaphors here and I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way that I talk. I actually don't actually do anything. I just like yeah. sit around and like just create wonderful metaphors. And then people will find out that I never actually go out and practice anything. Any of my videos are actually just some other dude. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that that's like a thing. I came to think about it recently that there's something so like, obviously we're attracted to like, certain kinds of aesthetics but i do think that we like over glamorize them yeah and then there are things that'll be so crazy aesthetic but they feel inauthentic to like the moment and you're like oh like Mm. why is this thing that seems so beautiful not like moving me in like a visceral way Mm. right but then like you watch something that's so simple and really aesthetically like kind of bland Mm. but it's so like true to the moment and yeah. necessary and authentic that right. you're like oh like you're like taken by it like an example yeah. is like you know watching a a, a friend break dance and like they're doing crazy moves and this and that but they're improvising but like it's a battle and this one song plays and like something happens on the beat and maybe it's like the exact a, a certain line that they know and they yeah. do some little like mime, like maybe it's something about a cigarette and like do just like a little thing, like they like, <laughs> mime smoking a cigarette to that line. And it's just like, yeah. oh, and everybody goes crazy. It's like, it, was, it wasn't even a, a crazy technique. It was just that it was no. like, like, it was a moment of deep listening. Right, and, like, right. We, we, like, I think we forget how, how powerful it is to like witness listening, to be listened to. Right. Right. And that like that, that matters in like a great way. And like, there are moments where if we really think about it, we're like, Oh, I'm so attracted to that because it's so authentic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, like, uh, like a lot of good comedy is timing. Right. And it's like, and I think like a lot of good, just conversation or like the way you express yourself is, is, is timing and and being there. And like you said, listening as well. And I was just like having this combo the other day with a friend about how, so very similar to what you just described of how like someone who has, who's very intelligent and like knows so much information and has huge vocabulary, like they can express an idea. Right. And it can be very like well put, but it might not be as well received as the guy who maybe doesn't have that 
like vocabulary and that this intellect, but really just like internalizes like what he's trying to say. And like that feeling comes uh, across. Right. And like, maybe you're saying a bunch of ums and likes, and like, it's not like this beautiful, well-said thing, but the energy is there and the feeling is there. And we all just like intuitively like gravitate towards that. And there's something there, you know? Well, because it's like, it, it, it asked to like, it asks you to interact. It asks you to participate. Mm. Right? And like, I think we all love that feeling. Right. Like there's like a, yeah. re, you know, that's what like, like binds us. Right. Is this like yeah. ability to communicate. Yeah. Right? And we, I think over time we're losing that. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's not, not that we're losing it, like not from an evolutionary standpoint, but like socially and, and societally like that, that is going away. So, but we, but then when the moments happen, like when you're playing with somebody or when you're having a great conversation, you're like, well, that's, that's wow, what was that like why was that so yeah. great you know what i yeah. mean like oh i you know and not to take anything away from the other moments they can be like wonderful too but it's like without kind of the integration of of the two yeah you know it's 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 you know we need to self-regulate and co-regulate we have the ability to do both yes and the and the ability exists for both for a reason it's not to choose one or the other right right yeah, I, I find for me and like maybe I would guess that you might be similar, but like these days, most of my friends are people that I um, go out and do things with, right? And like have experience with and like go move together or train together or just go for hikes or go walk to get coffee or something. And I've noticed just over time that like it's these experiences where we're actually interacting with each other, interacting with the world um, that I feel like bringing it back to safety. I feel really safe. I feel really comfortable. I can express myself um, how I want to rather than like, if I'm just supposed to like sit across from somebody at a table and like, you know, I'm not saying that a good conversation couldn't happen, but for me, like my, like I'm always better when I'm out interacting with the world. How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel the same way. And I think that it, it's like, it, it comes to that like ability to obviously like embrace surprise because when you're going out to interact, it means that it's, uh, it's not um, yeah. contrived. Like what we're describing yeah. is like uncontrived moments. It's not like plain. Oh, no. It's like, yeah. right. You're just like, oh, I'm entering this thing in this environment with these people. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And, and I'm totally cool with like whatever it is. And I will gladly open my toolbox of communication for like, whatever it is. Yeah. And if I don't have it, like I'm totally cool, like jumping in and like attempting to learn new tools for communication. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, I think that like we lean heavy into like words and forget that we have all these other ways of communicating, Mm. like through like movement and through gestures and through our senses and all these things. And, um, and there, and, and, and because of that neglect, it's like we're, we're broadly oftentimes and in different, in a lot of parts of, of the worlds I get to walk to, like poor communicators, right? Yeah, right. And, and when we lean only into words, it's like, that's the newest form we have for communicating. Yeah. It's the latest thing that we've like 
developed. We have like nervous systems and like all these complex ways of like interacting. Yeah. And unless we like nourish them, you know, they're, they're, you know, you use it, you lose it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But, but, but they exist in there. And, and I think that a lot of like what people feel is the malnourishment. And that's what I think manifests mm. oftentimes in the like various forms of like unhappiness or depression or, or anything. Mm. And it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining, I'm, I'm talking to something that's deeply complex. Like I don't want to sure. give broad swaths when there's trauma and all these things involved. Sure. But I do think broadly, there is a, a, a tragedy of people just, as I always say, like not putting their hands in the dirt of life because we haven't evolved past that. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, like just speaking from experience, anytime that I feel low, mm -hmm. I, for me personally, I know that I either need to move like myself and could be just a walk, right. The simplest form, or I need to like get around people. Mm -hmm. For me, my tendency is to kind of do the opposite. I want to like sit on the couch and be alone, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like somehow, well, you know, like I've been practiced at like experiencing this enough now that I can a lot of the time, like resist that tendency to just like want to close off and be alone, but and to go out and interact. But for many years, that was my coping mechanism, but it just led to like feeling worse, you know? What do you, what was like, um, it doesn't have to be like an aha moment, but like, mm -hmm. was there like a period in your life where you kind of, it occurred to you like, oh, like I, I need, I want to make a little adjustment here. Or was it just like a progressive thing where you're like, oh, this matters to me. It was definitely a progressive thing that I, um, as maturity rolled around and I grew up a little bit, like it was just easier for me to recognize these patterns that like I can view as like how I learned to cope with difficult situations when I was, when I was young. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like I, you know, for many years lived alone and then, you know, I moved in with my girlfriend and I was like, Oh shoot. Like I can't do all my usual stuff that helps me, uh, <laughs> cope with like these hard times, like when, or was just when stress pops up in my life. Um, and you know, it would cause like tension and frustration and stuff. And, you know, my girlfriend is, she's such a open and beautiful person that, you know, she is just like always like understood. And, um, I think her just like always being there for me and like, kind of like almost like not guiding me, but just like allowing me to go through my process and then finally figuring out, Oh my gosh, if I, if I feel bad, like, I don't want to run away from Chrissy actually like just, if I just talk to her and tell her what's going on, Oh, I'm back. I feel so much better, you know? Mm. So, um, there was like many aha moments like mm. that, that now click. And I, you know, I still have the same pattern. I still have to override it, but it's so much easier now, you know? Mm. I don't know what you were talking about. Just kind of like, I don't know, reminded me of uh, some of these talks from uh, Brene Brown about like vulnerability and stuff. Mm. I don't know if you've listened yeah. to any Brene Brown. I really like her. Uh, I've read a book or two. Which ones have you read? I can't quite remember because it was probably like five or six years ago now that I did. Yeah, I'm, re I'm reading uh, Daring Greatly right now. Okay. 
And I didn't I know, read that one, but I've I've heard people talk about Darren Greatly. And I know um, uh, the other big one she did was I mean she's done a, she's massive, but mm-hmm. uh, she uh, the other one people talk about a lot is Gifts of Imperfection. That's yeah, I read Gifts of Imperfection, <laughs> and I watched her um, her Netflix special. Oh, have you watched it? No, I haven't. I totally forgot that she had one, though. Dude, I mean, talk about like a wonderful like presenter and yeah, deeply um, so like functioning on like a, another level in terms of like her knowledge and research, but able right. to be so accessible. Yeah. Right. Like she's so yeah. like she can speak to every kind of person. Yeah. Right. Like knowing like, oh, I've got these broad swaths of like deep research that I've done, but I'm going to like, right. how do I bring it to like, to you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like great use of, um, of storytelling, which is like a tool that I think is matters. And we lean so hard into like facts and figures and not realizing that like humans like are brought together by stories. Like how do you take your facts and figures and like, turn it into a story or a metaphor yes yes absolutely um well yeah like stories is always like a really interesting one for me like that because i i think that's uh contributed a lot to the success that um that strength side has had on on youtube is mm-hmm. like i started like reading kind of like joseph campbell and like the hero's journey and like learning about stories and mythology and stuff and and um just like learning how like every good message is is kind of built into a story and that human beings like respond very well to stories and uh I started like using this in the way that I presented content was not like hey you should do x y and z um because I'm an expert and I know everything right it's like (laughs) Hey, this is something that I went through and had a lot of challenges here, but then I found this piece right here and it really helped me out. And then like people like relate to it so much more and they're like, wow, I went through the same thing. Um, that's so cool. Like I, I really want to try this out and da, 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 da. And it's, it, it's, I, I do believe it's like one of the best ways that we can communicate with each other right because we're all really just trying to like figure life out and we can learn from each other's experiences you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's like the thing that's that's relatable yeah right the emotions around a story or like the the yes the way it's told or or some piece of it is like well that's the relatable piece but just but just numbers and just facts it's like it's not always gonna like land with the broad swaths you know yes yes you know we see that like way back i mean all these like you know old scriptures pick the book or whatever i mean these are like big books of stories and metaphors talking about complex things because like that was the best way to do it and it was the way that people could relate right right and again like some of like you know like what you're talking about and how you present and the the teachers I look back on where I'm like, oh, like that's someone I feel drawn to. Mm-hmm. There's often a great use of like metaphor and story. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, and and like you you mentioned vulnerability earlier, and I think that 
um, most good stories inherently have vulnerability in them. It's like going through struggle is usually like the first part of the story. Right. And I think like, as our human condition, like we can all relate to going through some struggle and we can all find inspiration in overcoming that, that struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, simply as you were saying, like, uh, in like a video saying I've struggled with this, right. It's like deeply humanizing. Yeah. Like you said, as you said, you saying I struggled with this, people are like, oh, yeah. As like, like, just like what you said, you're like, I've struggled. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I can relate to this person now rather than <laughs> right, being like, right. hey, I know all about this thing. Listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, it's not not going to land with people, but like people relate to, yeah, like the feelings and emotions much more than the other thing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely how how did uh like when you started putting your stuff on youtube was like the intention to start a business or were you just kind of like infatuated with what you were doing it was like oh i'm just gonna start filming some of this and putting it out there yeah um so i started strength side eight years ago and um the intention was to the intention was to like create a side business. You know, I, I, I think like I, I wanted to put some energy into it. Um, but I never really had the intention of like, Hey, I want to like make this into a, a business and like have tons of thousands of subscribers and, and, and whatnot. It was just like, I'm really interested in like my, my personal practice and like my personal training job, just like not really fulfilling me in uh not giving me that outlet of like what I really want to share and what I really want to teach right and you know when I started like it was like I thought I knew everything you know I was more taking this like expert approach and um (laughs) over the years like I grew into like no 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 like I'm not an expert like I just want to share my journey you know and um and hopefully people can like find value in that and I can help some people then they can learn a little bit from, from my own path. But, um, but yeah, so to answer your question, like it just started as a passion project and now it has become like my job and my business and everything. And that's super great, but I still treat it in the same way as, um, it's still a personal passion for me. So there's, there's some decisions that, sometimes come up where it's like, well, this thing would probably be better for business and for making money, but that doesn't like fulfill a certain, fulfill a certain thing for me, like that I'm looking for. Um, so has been like a balancing act of those two things, right? I'm sure you can relate to that a little bit. Totally. Totally. I'm way less successful but I totally relate. (laughs) Um, Well, I I don't, I wouldn't say you're way less successful, like maybe in a certain like container, but yeah, certain, certain measures of success, people would say that's, you know, I feel super fulfilled, which to me is, is success because I'm with you. Like I, I, I care deeply about like the things that I value and, and I don't always land because you know everything is just kind of a stumble forward right Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) but as best as i can it's uh important to me to like keep what i'm presenting close to my values and with continuity 
Absolutely. Um, I'm curious when you said that there are times though, where you've like been like said, no, like this would be a business decision, not really in line with what I'm going to do. If yeah. is there anything that comes to mind, that's like an example, because I think that that's like a really interesting thing that I think people, as, as I said, I struggle with it. You know, there are moments where I'm like, well, I could, I could like, I could bend here and like, uh-huh. not really my value, but I'll make, I could make the twist and be like, no, 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 I'm sticking to the course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, a couple of things popped to mind. Like number one is like hot, like, you know, as you grow, you start to like hire out certain tasks. Right. So like I used to edit all my YouTube videos. Now I uh, have someone else edit them for me. Right. Um, and like one of those things that, uh, is the potential to hire out is like writing emails. And, um, but I have just found that no one can like write what, like the messages that I want to get across. Right. And like, I've just found that like, that's really important to me. Like the words that are portraying my brand, like come from me. So it is some extra work that, um, sometimes like, I feel like, ah, well, I got to like make these videos and I got to write these emails. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that much work. Right. So it's like, sometimes like just I'm, I'm choosing to, to, um, to handle that task myself and to not, I'm like blanking on the word. Was it? Oh, outsource to not outsource this thing because it feels like this is very important to me to keep, to keep the brand true, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. It matters. Like um, it's your voice. It's like, it's your message. Yeah. Like when, when you, and when it's built around, not just like the content, but like who you are and what you care about, like that's a piece where it's like, Oh, people are going to see and read this. Right. You know, like they don't, you know, the editing of a video is not like the same as you being like, Oh, like this is what I care about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's like, um, you know, like if I'm going to sell somebody something like one of our products, then like, I really want that to come from me of like, Hey, this is why this product can help you. And this is why it's important you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be like, here's these salesy things that can make you feel like you need to take action right now and like buy this thing or else uh, it's going to go away or something. Right. Or like make you feel less than um, mm-hmm. like, I want to more so portray those things in a positive life of like, Hey, this is like going to really affect your life positively. And, and yeah, it's, it's important. Right. And like, you know, with YouTube, um, you know, there's always like this, like, there's always this, (laughs) for me anyways, there's like this obstacle of like, for people to watch your videos, there has to be a title that they want to watch. There has to be like a thumbnail that makes them want to click on it. Right. And for me, like, if I had the choice, then I wouldn't have to deal with that at all. I wouldn't just like, wouldn't do it. Right. But like, I also, if I had the choice, I like probably like wouldn't pay my taxes either or something. So like, (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) it's, it's just, it is what it is. Right. Like we have to do these things and, and, and like at the end of the day, like it's, 
it can be almost kind of fun for me in a way to be like, hey, like, let's make something that is enticing for someone to, to click on, right? And like, I know that the content that I'm portraying is very like true to me. And like, I know that I feel good about someone watching this and like getting a lot from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's such a tricky one with YouTube, right? Because like, at the end of the day, like, you got to try to get people to click on your video if you're going to put a lot of time into making them and putting a lot of your like effort and focus and time into it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many, how often do you put out a video? Do you have like a time, like a, a number that you try to hit? We put out one video a week, every Friday, we put out a video and uh, been pretty much doing that for eight years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So like a lot of people will like ask, you know, like what, like for tips on like building a YouTube channel or something. And I'm like, dude, just like consistently put out a video for like five years. And then like, um, cause that's how long it took me. Like th- there was many years, like probably four, four years, five years where I was just putting out videos every single week. And like, barely anybody was watching them, you know, like we had a, you know, small following growing and growing and growing. Um, but very, very, very small. And I was fine with that, but, um, it was like in the recent, like three years, had a couple of videos get really, really popular and, you know, just had things like really just go up, um, because of a few videos going viral and then just, you know, more and more people coming to the channel and stuff, but like the success was not fast at all. Mm -hmm. How long ago did you start doing all the, the online coaching? so in like many like in many forms i've been doing online coaching for probably like five four or five years but it started as more as like one-on-one personal coaching like more so like almost like personal training stuff and then like evolved into more of this online coaching thing and now like we do the small group um coaching and i do that with trevor my brother and um that we've been doing that for the past two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I remember I got to talk to Trevor so much about that because I spent so much time with him in Boulder and like, yeah, I think that it's such a fascinating idea, especially like kind of in the online world, it's like doing some version of like gathering people and making them like a part of a group and yeah, you know, you, what you guys call it like cohorts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we take, about every two to three months, we'll start a new one and take mm-hmm. like around like eight to 12 people or something like that through. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's like, you know, when we first started it, it was before COVID, but then it was just kind of getting rolling when COVID hit. And um, like people, that was the main reason why a lot of people did it was because they were like, Hey, like, I'm not seeing anybody right now. And you know, like this group has like given me so much of like what I needed during this time, right? Just to like be able to like make buddies with people in your group and support other people and what they're doing and get cheered on and stuff. And um, I think it's very, it's very valuable. And it's been really interesting to see how each group kind of takes on a life of its own, you know, mm-hmm. like 
Um, not <laughs> every group is definitely not the same and, and it evolves. And, but every time like people end up like making friends and, and that's, that's what I think is really important. Yeah. To me, it's so unique to like the online format. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't spent a ton of time like in other online things, but this idea that it's like, it's not just like programming for somebody. And it's not just like this one, this one conversation between you and a coach or you and a teacher or you and a trainer yeah. or whatever. It's like, there's this thing that's happening with this other group who are also working their way through this thing. Yeah. There's some camaraderie. Um, yeah. I thought it was like a fascinating idea. Where did you come up with that idea? Hmm. Well, I did a, I did a, like a kind of like a business uh, program that was like shaped like, like a cohort. Like there was like six people in my group and we went through like this 12 week thing, like learning about different ways of like improving your business and whatnot. And, um, and it was really, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. It's called the strong coach. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, huh, like this would be like even better with people actually like doing physical things and like posting videos and, and stuff like that. Maybe not better, but like, I just thought like the way that we could do it would be really, really cool. So that inspired me to start that actually. And um, so, you know, Will Brown, mm -hmm. I listened to your guys' conversation. It was great. Um, he, so like I've been, he's been coaching me for the past maybe three years now. It's been, a, been some time. Um, but we have a little group of some of his long-term students and um, we meet like once a month and we like take on, everybody takes on like a personal project for the month. So it could just be like testing a certain thing or whatever it is. Uh, and then we meet and we like chat and everything. And it's, it's so good. Like, I love it, you know, just like hearing everybody's process and uh, just a little bit about like their research, but also like what's going on with them and in their life. And, and, and like, uh, just like developing these relationships with people that are very like-minded, you know, cause they're just, you might not have the opportunity to have those people in your town. Right. And, and to like find a group that really like connects truly with like you. So having an option to do that online is, is really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think it's just great. I mean, I'm, I've grown to the point where I always say like something like, you know, not I, I, I practice and do lots of things and play with lots of ideas and, but it also, unlike in the past, I'm also willing to stop doing that and like go out and like have a coffee or sit and have a beer with somebody and like have like the conversation because both matter, but the interaction, if that's the interaction that's supposed to happen, I don't know. I'm at a point where I think to me, and I would propose other people to like be open to it, that it might matter more. The interacting piece. Like, so like the, like, so like the incorporating that into like what you're doing, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's this important quality. You know, it's like, sure, there's the project piece, but the interactive piece, yes. like that, the like have, have the conversations, like be with people. Totally. Yes. Yes. Like, be, because usually it's like, 
it's not the X, Y, and Z stuff that's important. It's not like the, oh, hey, like, uh, what was your like biggest aha moment in increasing your pull-ups? It's not really about that. It's like, whoa, like that's a really cool place where you posted that video. Is that your backyard? And it's like, yeah, I live here in Belgium and it, you know, like, and then like a cool conversation gets started from, from there. And I think it's the same, like for me anyways, like for instance, like the parkour group I was training with in Austin, like, it's like, cool. Like you could teach me this movement. That's awesome. But then it's like, whoa, like what's your background, man? Like, how did you get into this? Like, oh, wow. Like you started learning parkour in Mexico. Whoa, that's so awesome. Da, 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 da. Um, and yeah, I totally agree. It's like more of that interaction piece that go out for a beer after the session. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I mean, like, it's like, it's like, unless we, unless we do that in versions of it, all the different versions, right? Yeah. Like we're like limited to our own perspective. We're yes. limited to like our own conscious lenses we're looking through, yeah. but it's through these things where we actually get to understand someone else's conscious experience of the world. Totally. And like, and the more observations we have of that, like the more tools we all have to like move together and accomplish and, and create and do and collaborate when it's like, Oh, like I understand it. People have seen things through different lenses and I have little right. pieces of their lenses that I can kind of shift in and out and look through. And that all comes, but it's like, it can't just be self-serving. It's not like, Oh, I'm going out to have a conversation with somebody so I can steal some of their consciousness. <laughs> it's just yeah. that like, Oh, we're, all, we're drawn to it. And like, we might be drawn to it because it matters for le- reasons like this. Yes. Yes. And you know, like the thing you really start to notice a lot as you're in like, say like the fitness industry for a long time or whatever, is just like that everybody's looking at it from their particular like viewpoint. So like, if you ask, Hey, like, why am I feeling lethargic to a nutritionist? They're going to say like, well, it's your diet. And like, you need to change X, Y, and Z. Right. And like, if if you ask it to a physical therapist, they're going to say, Oh, wait, like your your chest is too tight. You need to like open up your chest. So you see that like everybody has this, this biased viewpoint. And in a way like that's beautiful. Like we're all biased because we're all having our own human experience and you can only have so much experience but the way that you gather more viewpoints and other experiences is to actually sit down and to have the conversation and to understand this person that's you know sitting across from you or in the group across from you right Mm -hmm. or interact with them in in oftentimes in like in, in any other way it's like you know two people who are come from super similar backgrounds like obviously they can play in ways where they're like going to learn a lot of different things. But I think of like playing games and being out in the park and like having a, someone who has a background in break dancing, playing a game yeah. with a person who's a clown, you're like, Oh, like all the, all the new kind of perspectives you're gaining by like yeah. being willing to interact with somebody who's not necessarily from the same circle you spend all of your time in. Mm. So true. Yes. So true. I found so much, so much value in that. Like, you know, like when you're, and I could look back on my life and see these like particular, like narrowed focused groups that I was in communities that I was in, you know, like I want to be a powerlifter for a while. And then it was like bodybuilding. And then it was like more like CrossFit and then movement culture. And like, I feel like I'm getting to a place where I'm like, 
wow, I've got to experience a lot of different, like, and see a lot of different movement now, or just like how people express themselves now. And like, now I can kind of step back and not be super in any one community, but to like, draw upon any of my experiences and to be really open to all communities. Yeah. Because at most other points in history, like those like kind of divisions wouldn't be so clear. Right. Like, you know, it was a much more kind of like the distance between people was not as far. Right. Like there was like, you know, a lot of people were all dancing, fighting, hunting, playing (laughs) gathering like all in very similar ways and then it's over time it's like we start kind of creating like all the divisions of like specializations and now it's like there's specializations of specializations of specializations of specializations which creates these like distance but as you i would propose and i'll let you kind of explain but as somebody who spent a lot of time in a lot of different places like once you kind of step away and kind of look at it all you're like like they all go together and the distance between them is really not as far as we allow them to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think like you described it perfectly there. And, and I think that um, we all have like so much more in common than we think that we do. If we just get past that, you know, it's ego, it's ego that, 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 really like narrows your focus and, and makes you think that like, this is the thing that I do and that everyone should do. And like, uh, if you just step back a bit, it's like, well, we're all doing the same thing. We're all, we're all just like trying to improve our life and like be happy. And, you know, for one person, soccer f- fulfills them. And for another person, like basketball fulfills them. And that's completely fine. And we can sit and like, we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Or we can stand and learn from each other. <laughs> what 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 is like uh, some of like the next things that you're hoping to do with Strengthside? If there are next things or, or ideas that you're headed towards, because I know everything is online. And I remember when we were in person, I was like, "Oh, are you going to do anything in person with people or, or or anything like that?" Yeah, I'd say like the two things that jump to my mind is that um, I'd like to do more of this, what we're doing right now. And um, so maybe that's a podcast. Um, But I think like conversations like this are, they've been the most helpful for me over the years. Um, And I would like to participate in giving that to other people or like giving that to like a lot of the time I like to think of like me like five years ago what like how can I help me five years ago like this is what really influenced me a lot is these like deeper long form conversations um with people that I find really interesting and that can bring some value to other people's life so um that's one thing and then yeah like in-person stuff is is the ultimate goal. Um, I'm, I'm okay with taking my time getting there. Uh, especially cause like right now my life is a little bit, uh, flowy, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like traveling a bit and kind of on the road. And, um, I think that like 
when I find a bit more stability, um, then doing some in-person stuff is, is, is like a huge goal. Like I'd love to kind of do, uh, similar things like what you're doing, you know, maybe do some like workshops or something. Yeah. Workshops. Like, uh, I'm always like trying to think of like, like just different ways to like do something that's already been done or like that we're like agree upon is like the way to do so it's like a workshop you like come in and you do like two hours and you take a break and you do lunch and you do like it's like I'm always like trying to think of like like I think like what you're doing is like very cool because you're giving people so much of an experience rather Mm -hmm. than like teaching things right and I think that that has a lot higher value um so I'd like to look at a way that we could do something similar that makes sense to kind of like what we do here at strength side. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at one point I was talking to Trevor and I was, I forget how it came up, but I was like, Oh, you know, like what if you guys did like, like a retreat type thing where like you guys present something, but then also you bring in people that yeah. are influencing you at the time, because like you're, you're, you know, you're people who like, have like these broad swaths of like influence and are like so open to about like the, the different people that you're like learning from and are influenced by yeah and like you know bringing them in so then all of a sudden like there are people who have been studying with you or like see you as like a presenter but then also as like a student in different places yeah. i don't know for some reason I, I remember bringing that up and i was like oh that'd be so fun like if you guys did something like that i do remember you bring that up and yeah that's that's super interesting to me for sure um well last time I saw you when we were probably having that conversation was uh right before I went to Rafe Kelly's retreat return to the source and um I was really inspired by his retreat um for a number of reasons but like I think it was like that full experience and like full immersion aspect of like being in like this really cool nature and like almost feeling like you're kind of camping out and like learning, but also like full on experiencing and play at the same time. And um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, my yeah. fingers are, my fingers are crossed that something like that happens. Cause yes. I would be there. That seems like a very good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that, that sounds good. Uh, well, I would love to have you out for it in uh and, and teach some of your magic and um i might catch you in Eng- when you're in england we oh. can talk more about that but oh yeah <laughs> off the record we'll talk about that yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm yeah. amped about that yeah. um if people want to if people want to connect with you what it, i mean is is instagram the best way website email yeah i think like i tell a lot of people to if- uh go to youtube type in strength side you'll see some of our videos you can see check them out see if you like them uh if you do for sure there's links in the description you can hit us up on instagram i usually chat with anybody who sends a dm so um feel free to reach out dude this is awesome we did it yeah thanks for having me man i really appreciate it